Have you not heard the scuttlebutt? No, the gossip, the buzz, the who said what, who does that? Yeah, the scuttlebutt. Well, I was flying over land and sea and ear to the ground. Then I came flying here for you to see and hear what I found. Remember the swamp? Remember my song in the swamp when I was like, wham, chicka, wham, wham, chicka. Technological developments have had as great an impact on our lives as these two idiots. Stop telling me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. This is episode 189, recording on June the 6th, 2023, and my name is Adam. And my name is Nathan. This week we'll be talking about what we've watched in the month of May. Uh, We're a little bit behind just because of schedules and Nathan wasn't available, I wasn't available, Steve wasn't available, no one could line up. But here we are. We made it. No one can line up on line of sight. <laughs> yeah, no one can line. How, how, <laughs> yeah. how could you? Do? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk movies. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything we need to go into of? <laughs> what's you happened what? in the past two weeks <laughs> there's i'm gonna start I, I make a solemn vow to start putting a note into my phone because i think of things oh yeah during the week <laughs> that it's like this is unmovie related unmovie related non-movie related but it would be a good topic and stuff and then other things and then i always forget so no, I do not have anything to say, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> what a story, Mark. Uh, yeah, that is a good idea, because I think I've thought the same thing, where it's like, I swear I was going to talk about something. Um, but, I mean, we're getting into the the summer movies, yeah. so maybe that's why there's a lot to talk about right now we'll try and not go on too long but uh there is lots to talk about so we can get right into it i don't know if you want to start i i've kind of trimmed my list down usually i'm the longer one but uh i'll I'll start i think the last time we recorded i went downstairs after we recorded and threw on Tango and Cash. <laughs> okay. I had never seen Tango and Cash. I think I might have bought it because I wanted to see it for some reason. It was in my mind. Have you seen Tango and Cash? I've seen it once and I don't remember a lot about it, but I do remember watching it and thinking, why is this well known? Because right. I don't know if it's just the name. Tango and Cash is like a cool name. But it's like one of those movies where it's like there's nothing that I recognize from this. Like it's not in the zeitgeist other than the name. It's not like, oh, people call back to this all the time. But 
I don't know. What did you think of it? I loved it. I gave it four out of five. I, I mean, I didn't dislike it, but it was yeah. it was just like, oh, okay, this is but, not what I thought it was going to be. But yeah, no, it it was not what I thought it was going to be. It's uh, Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone, and it is wacky, like, and it wears its wackiness quite well. It's not ashamed of it. It's right out there. Uh, one of the first things Sylvester Stallone says. Someone says, accuses him of being or wants to be Rambo, and then he's and then he's like Rambo's an a hole, and it's just like they're uh-huh. just leaning right into the like this is not a serious movie by any stretch. It's just completely over the top on every level. So I I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I don't really have much more to say than that. But it was uh, it was a pleasant surprise. I thought it had the reputation of being terrible, and it's like it's not te- it's watchable. That's the thing. Like it's not painful to watch. It, the action's entertaining enough. It's not like oh this is amazing. But like there's good enough action scenes and good enough ideas and I think uh, Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone work well together so that's my report yeah I don't uh, I don't think it's terrible I don't I didn't know really what reputation it had like I said I don't I feel like it's just off the radar but uh, yeah yeah there's few things i remember the like intro scene to sylvester stallone when he's like standing on the road and there's like a truck coming towards him and he's shooting like a revolver at it (laughs) i remember the prison experience and like i don't is there is there ever attempted rape or they're just being electrocuted (laughs) uh you know what it's been a month uh there's electrocution for sure yeah i think there's probably for sure implied rape stuff but i don't even remember now that and then i kind of remember the end and it being at night and driving like a big truck into the bad guy's base or something like that like it seemed very generic was that 90s or still 80s early 90s maybe but yeah um yeah um well i sort of uh took a page out of your playbook there uh you watched grown-ups one and two last month i think or or the previous month i watched murder mystery one and two another uh adam sandler recent more recent actually than grown-ups um but murder mystery two just came out um in the last little while so it's a 2023 the first one was from 2019 and we were just looking for something to watch and brenda said oh let's we could watch that new adam sandler jennifer aniston one i'm like well do you want to watch the first one first (laughs) like she didn't know there there was even a sequel um 
Have you seen either of these? Uh, no. I think I started the uh, one of them and then fell asleep and didn't go back to it or something. The I think the first one is actually really enjoyable. Uh, it surpassed my expectations. It didn't blow me away per se, but it was completely watchable. I laughed. Um, I'll, I'll steal from Evan's review of the second one. It knows what it is. And, and, uh, I think it, it plays to that. His review is that for the second one, but the second one, I don't think really lands. It's, I don't know what it's trying to do. It's it's just not as funny. Uh, and the first one, I think, genuinely is a good um, light comedy and murder mystery all in one. Uh, the murder mystery is... It's, it's kind of riffing on the classic thing where it's like a group of people are brought together somewhere, lights go out, and there's a body and like anyone could be the the killer and so it it just follows those tropes of like well it's not that person it can't be that person now and then like people are getting killed and whatnot but uh good kind of fish out of water because they they're kind of brought into it um by happenstance um but yeah good jokes uh if you watch the trailer it gives you a good idea of what it's like because we watched that before going into it and i was like yeah that looks okay one of the jokes that's in that trailer is the uh the body it's stabbed by a, a dagger and then one of the guy's takes it out and then they're like no 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 take it out and then he starts putting it back in <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny because it's like it, and it's not adam sandler doing it it's just some other old guy so <laughs> it's, i think that's pretty good so i would recommend the first one i wouldn't recommend the second one not that it was terrible but it just didn't uh didn't do it for me i gave the first one a three and a half and the second one, a two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and also the second one, it's like you you can guess where it's going very easily. Like the it's not as good of a mystery. Uh, so it just seems lazy. So, but yeah, yeah. check them out on Netflix. Uh, I watched because film junk did a big Christopher Nolan premium so I watched most of his movies so I did re-watch Tenant which we have a complete episode on on our uh, over a year ago and was it a year ago? Who knows At now? least it's probably more <laughs> now. Yeah but uh, so there will be more thoughts there but having rewatched it, I'm thinking this is the time that this is going to hook me and I'm going to love this thing. And it doesn't. And it's like it just coming back, it just reminds me of all the problems I had with it. I don't think it's a bad movie, but I do think it's Nolan's one of her, his more, uh, it's a weaker Nolan, let's just say. 
but like it's very James Bondy, which I like, but like the villain him our hero having the relationship with the villain and like that kind of stuff. It's there, but I think it really comes down to the actors, the characters. You're not David Washington is not the man <laughs> at all. And then uh what's his name? What's the bad guy? Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Does not bring it <laughs> at all and like this relationship between David Washington and Kenneth Branagh's wife, the very tall lady is just like there's where is this chemistry there's no chemistry here i feel nothing so like i would say what's his name uh twilight batman what's his name uh twilight batman oh pattinson yeah robert pattinson's my favorite thing in the movie so like yeah. the excuse of the movie and all the cool visuals are fun enough but that's not good enough especially when you're comparing it to other nolan stuff and it ultimately makes no, no sense where other nolan stuff stretches the imagination like interstellar and other things but it's like this is seemingly kind of okay possible but like this seems like okay i want I always play with time, so let's have stuff moving backwards and let's just make an excuse for it. And it, yeah, so I gave it a three and a half. I, yeah, it's mm -hmm. just the characters. And I think I had it at a four or even a four and a half on the first watch. It's like, yeah, really paying attention, got the subtitles on. I think I had, yeah, I had at least a four. Uh, I haven't rewatched it since the first time. I have bought it, but uh, I haven't popped it in yet. I've got a few like that sitting on the shelf. Uh, got a few. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I don't need to go through in depth with some of these rewatches I have, but I will say related to murder mystery, I rewatched happy Gilmore and it holds up so well. I think it's very funny. <laughs> uh, I give it a four and a half. It rocks. Um, I saw something on Instagram or something where a guy was arguing if happy Gilmore is better than like, uh, what's that Chevy chase? Golf Caddyshack? One. Yeah. It for it, sure is. Well, that's the thing. And the guys, <laughs> no, the old guys, like Caddyshack's way better. And it's just like, I've, I haven't even seen all of Caddyshack, but I just know that those people, that generation, like, I think like between 45 and 60, opinions of humor suck. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not... They, like I've talked about this before, but like, uh, what, what's that one that Madhouse? What's the 
<laughs> Animal House. <laughs> Animal House. And stuff like... And Stripes. Have you seen Stripes? No. <laughs> I think we've talked we've about We've brought this. these up, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're not... I've what? seen Meatballs, though, and some people are like, this is the greatest comedy of all time. It's like, Meatball sucks. <laughs> like, it's not <laughs> it that funny. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even that, like, it's not that they're not okay, but they rate them as, like, amazing. Yeah. And it's just like, Happy Gilmore is funny throughout. Yeah. And never really falls off. Yeah, I, I've been on record saying that... Uh, I prefer Billy Madison over Happy Gilmore, but I think Happy Gilmore is like a more accessible movie. Like almost anyone can enjoy it. Billy Madison, I think has funnier parts, but also like dumber parts. (laughs) So it kind of like balances out. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Those are like the two pinnacle of, uh, Adam Sandler comedies, but, uh, yeah. Um, and then I think it was this month. I also watched night at the Roxbury, uh, and also gave both of these, I gave four and a half stars night at the Roxbury, I think is underrated and it is actually funny throughout and yes, they're dumb characters, but like, I think it's really well written and uh they uh they've got a lot of jokes in there and they land a lot of them so I would revisit those if you're looking for some good uh SNL alumni that one was 98 Gilmore was 96 prime prime 90s right there oh yeah uh, so following up on Tenant, I watched The Prestige, and I think we talked about this a little bit somehow, but maybe not on the show. But Film Junk has gone in depth, crazy on The Prestige. They had their like hour plus talk about it on the premium, and then they released a two and a half hour follow up. And then they just released another hour follow-up with Mm. Reed talking about the prestige. And I'm not quite sure if it's a prank or not. Because it's like, you think our Phantom Menace discussion's painful. At least we're talking about things and move on and just yell at each other. They are just like repeating themselves in different ways and talking past each other. So it feels like it could be an elaborate prank. But maybe not. But their whole discussion is about how it works. If the machine works, Jay proposes a theory, not that he's super committed to, but that the machine does not work. Which doesn't make sense. Well, no. (laughs) And it's very lazy. And he was wrong on the initial thing. And he's just pretending that he's not wrong and oh i'm just suggesting and i'm just bringing out ideas and who's to say and there's no evidence for this or no evidence for that and it's like yeah if ultimately like you want to ignore things in the movie or things that are implied or just like because we never see it 
type of thing therefore it never happened and it's like uh, I don't think so like he's proposing wacko things that yeah the machine never worked and that it's what's his name uh the double that Hugh Jackman gets when he comes back and all this stuff and he's suggesting that that Christopher Nolan might have done that on purpose as one of many interpretations for the movie one thing that was brought up okay I know they're completely wrong Frank I think he could articulate himself a little bit better but he is a hundred percent right the only thing is I feel like they once in a while forget that like in the final prestige or the fight like when uh Angiers is doing his ton- 100th shows that like he is falling through a trap door every time and Borden yeah. knows that he's like besides that he doesn't understand the trick but he does know that that happens and uh but whatever but one thing and I do think this it's just one of those things after you watch it a hundred times that Jay did bring up. And it does make an interesting point. This is my Ant-Man complaint. If this machine worked, it's the biggest yeah. thing. He's using and, it for a trick and that's it. <laughs> and it's the biggest discovery ever yeah. in human... And why would Tesla give it away? And just something like... Tesla's in need of money. He could literally duplicate gold bars. Yeah. Like, so it's like weird in that sense, but I think that's whatever. But I love the prestige. It's in my top 100. Five out of five. Uh, I agree. Um, have you ever seen the movie sunshine that came up on film junk yeah it's scott scott rewatched it. it yeah and then i'm like what is this i forget i think i watched it before i heard he had watched it but i knew uh maybe just from seeing it on letterboxd or maybe it had come up on another episode that the other guys like it quite a bit um so one, i've not seen it but i started it because i'm like oh i'm gonna have to buy this some weird way but no it's on disney plus yeah which is funny because i had bought it i watched it on dvd and then i saw oh it was on disney plus anyways yeah. so i've only i've saw the first like 15 minutes i'm gonna watch it uh and start from the beginning and actually yeah. pay attention because I, it would, was, I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, and not that it's like that complex, but it is one that isn't really a background watch um, to fully enjoy it. Uh, it was really good. Um, it is. It seems like it's uh, not well known, but it is directed by Danny Boyle, and it's got a crazy cast. Um, so he also directed 28 Days Later with Killian Murphy, and he is kind of the main character in this. It's more of an ensemble 
podcast uh basically um the sun is dying and this is i think why it's not a popular movie because the the elevator pitch sounds dumb but the sun is dying and they're on a ship that their mission is to deliver uh basically a nuclear bomb to restart the sun or basically create a new sun in its place but it's it's not just like oh shoot a missile into the sun it's there's more to the device it's seems like it's pretty complicated but uh killian murphy's the the guy that invented it or something um so he is kind of the most important person on board um who's the captain uh hiroyuki sanada he's the japanese guy in john wick 4 bullet yeah. train he's in endgame he's in the wolverine he's in mortal Kombat. like he's that guy uh and then chris evans is also in it he's awesome uh because he's not playing captain america he's not playing uh the human torch he's just like the the most believable uh voice of reason like astronaut scientist guy on board where it's like mm-hmm. whenever there's a hard decision to be made he's like no this is what we're doing this is what we have to do no no debate about it but then everyone else is bringing emotion into it and he's just very like matter of fact about stuff mm-hmm. um so sometimes it's a little brutal but like then there's other times people are like no he's right um and then uh other uh marvel folk including benedict wong who plays wong um rose byrne who is was uh moira mctaggart in the x-men prequels michelle yo is in it she's in shang chi um cliff curtis uh i don't think he's in marvel yet and uh, Mark Strong is the only other really recognizable person. Um, but yeah, it's uh, unexpectedly good and not dumb. Like that elevator pitch of restarting the sun kind of sounds like Armageddon or something where it's just like, I don't know, something, some stupid action movie. But the when it starts, they're already halfway there you learned there was already another mission that uh failed to to deliver the bomb uh so this is actually the second one and basically if they fail then humanity's dead and there, i don't even think it really shows much of earth at all like maybe at the very end or something but uh it's cool there's some cool things in it uh and it looks really good like the effects yeah. it's like i loved the 10 minutes i saw of just like when they're looking at the sun yeah obviously they have like an observation deck thing whether they and and it's like the two percent yeah and it's just so bright with that yeah uh i would say it's it even though this is 2007 i think yeah 2007 i would compare it to like interstellar 
or Passengers or some other fantastic movie like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Oh, I have a soundboard for that. <laughs> so yeah i gave it a four star maybe it's more i don't know it kind of lost me towards the end um but i think it's one of those you kind of just have to experience and maybe watching a second time i'd taken more of it but it is definitely a solid movie so yeah check that i out. was very excited that lots of people that i follow and you and people were saying like scott said it's one of his favorites so like just that alone not that i know him that well i know he likes horror movies and stuff but just when people say it's actually one of my favorites it's like maybe this will be another awesome one that i had no idea that it, it existed so i'm looking forward to it uh i gotta jump back sorry to the prestige <laughs> because i'm just going through my list here and i saw that i actually wrote a review and I know my reviews are often wise and very insightful but why does Christian Bale's character need to be a jerk in the prestige I this don't, is actually a problem well no I, I I don't think that is a problem I think people are just jerks and only one of the brothers is a jerk right but then why this, that's my question essentially why does that one brother have to have anything to do with what's the wife's name yeah um whatever her name is yeah forget what he calls her um yeah i i would just chalk that up to him just being a terrible person and he can't even fake it with her no, so, but why? But th- this is my point. Well, why they're do, just why do why do they even have to know each other? Like, they, pretend me and you were twins. Spoiler for the prestige. <laughs> it's been out for a long time. Uh, but this, like, why wouldn't the other guy just live on the other part of town, or Fallon? Like, he has his makeup on and no one can recognize them when they're both together and that's not just camera tricks that's these people are presumably know who Fallon is like she like that's this my husband's best friend is Fallon so and she's seen him why is Fallon ever given the opportunity to interact with her let's say Fallon's a jerk for the sake of arguing. Yeah. Why is Fallon ever given the opportunity to well, be with her alone? Period, I can see as as the normal guy. Well, then I think then they're just switching too much. I don't know what their schedule is like. But why? <laughs> why often? switch at all? Why not be t- just take off the fake uh beard and mustache for the show and for the rest of Fallon's life? He could just behave. Yeah, he could just be Fallon, but then <laughs> no one, no one cares about him. Like that's he's a nobody. Like but he wouldn't be off banging Scarlett Johansson. Like, but he could do that. But like they're in London, 
like do that on the other side of town like how like how often do you run into people that you know like a little bit but not that often and you're living in the same area like imagine if you're purposely trying not to run into people that you know and this isn't like it it makes no sense it really like there's no need for him to literally literally adam push this other guy's wife to suicide it doesn't hang her he doesn't kill her but it's definitely implied that he's not helping the situation and that like just imagine me and you in that situation like you're that dedicated to the trick and like i know that's part of the movie obsession but it's like you're seeing how <laughs> your twin is treating your wife yeah and it's just like he never once talked to him and said, could you just try to be nice <laughs> and tone it down? And, or how about you're not, I'm only him now. Yeah. And the whole, like, you don't love me today stuff. is like, why? There's no reason for it. I'm sorry, prestige. There's no reason. Well, for dramatic effect. Yeah. It's great on the first time watch. Uh, so the other movie I watched, <laughs> real barn burner uh i want to dance with somebody finally i did it adam <laughs> the whitney houston story oh that i want to dance with somebody <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh an hour and 44 minutes or 144 minutes long so not insanely long but this is reeks of biopic like just starts off when she's a kid boom 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 goes through all the major points of her career the actress that portrays her i think is excellent uh i don't know if they're putting in some real whitney houston in there when she's singing or if she's singing herself or a combination because i know in elvis uh, they did a combination at some points and whatever. So I don't know what tricks they're doing, but all that stuff is great. But the movie itself is ultimately a dud. It, 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 uh, I'm uh, as big of a Whitney Houston fan as I am. Like she has crazy number ones. Like, the amount of number ones they mention it that like at one point she's like close to the Beatles and Elvis for consecutive number ones and it's like really that seems hmm. outrageous I can name <laughs> because, like two songs well that's the thing a ton of these songs I didn't recognize like I really don't know when you've seen that much there's like five things that I love her for uh, and one of them's her Super Bowl performance so and they have that in there so yeah it was pretty good but uh and what's his name's in it the bald guy he's in captain america the first one stanley tucci okay he he's excellent i like him but yeah oh and and what's his name uh what's it bobby brown (laughs) it's just so outrageous uh, 
feel sorry for her. <laughs> yeah, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was on vacation when she died somewhere because it was like I remember seeing it on the news and it was weird. And that's weird also. They actually have like the last couple scenes of the movie is like her going down to the lobby and getting a coffee in that hotel room or in that hotel where she died and it shows her running the water because apparently she overdosed and then drowned that's the official story oh okay so it's uplifting (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) what an ending (laughs) I know like it is it is insane like Elvis died on the toilet didn't he yeah her in a bathtub who knows where Michael Jackson was I'm sure you could research that but like it's it's odd for these famous people not to die (laughs) like the Rolling Stones are the exception um (laughs) The fact that Mick Jagger and what's his face, Keith Richards, are still kicking. <laughs> we re- <laughs> we need to do uh, a review of Austin Powers because I know you haven't seen it. But one of my favorite lines <laughs> when he's he's in the nineties and he's like reading up on history and he's like making this list. It's like Jimi Hendrix deceased drugs all these like famous yeah. singers deceased drugs and then it's like mama cass deceased ham sandwich <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he's completely straight oh man i love it <laughs> ham sandwich <laughs> as he's writing it out it's amazing <laughs> uh, um okay well my next watched uh right after sunshine another sci-fi movie uh from 1981 have you ever seen or even heard of outland starring sean connery uh i think i've heard of it but i don't yeah i don't think it's very popular um the po the cover i bought it on dvd uh it's not streaming anywhere i don't think yeah i recognize the shotgun yeah he's got like a shotgun he looks like a security guard um it's set on a jupiter's one of jupiter's moons um i thought it was a prison colony it's actually a mining colony um uh, it just kind of seems like a prison or maybe I was just making an assumption before watching it. I wanted to like it more than I did. It doesn't fully deliver. Um, it's got some cool ideas. Uh, it, it just being a blue collar in space, kind of like alien or I don't even know what else. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, if it was just it's it's just kind of follows some like western tropes he's the new guy 
uh, the new Marshall and uh, it's a corrupt mining colony you kind of get the impression that the guy running it is not on the up and up and then there's like a tiny bit of a mystery but it's like oh it's that guy okay yep kind of figured <laughs> then I don't know there's there's some cool things with like the initial mystery it's just like people who are uh sometimes on purpose sometimes not killing themselves um and he kind of investigates when they want him to leave it alone and then the climax is just like well this guy is not gonna play ball so uh on the next shuttle in there's gonna be some assassins to kill him so then it's like um him kind of trying to survive uh, i don't know if it's only two guys or something two or three that come so um yeah it was it was okay um i i liked it enough i didn't dislike it uh but it could have been more i thought um so i gave it a three um yeah 1981 sean connery cool uh very quickly i did watch guardians one and two after watching the third one and i think i do like them in order of appearance one two and three but they're all solid but i really like the first one and the second one uh i watched blackberry this new Canadian film. Uh, I saw it with Steve. So, double experience with Steve in that I saw this with him and Fast X and Spider-Man. But in both Spider-Man and Blackberry, we had the same questions to each other. Is that a baby? Is that a baby? People bringing babies to movies. Full on babies and strollers. In Blackberry, it was behind us. In Spider Man, it was in front of us in a stroller, like across the theater. And it's just like, these are, I think Blackberry was a week old, if that. And then Spider Man the day of, or Friday night, whatever it was, Saturday, Friday. And. What are these people doing, Adam? It was nuts. <laughs> like it was just hilarious, because the baby's crying during Blackberry. During like, not that there's a lot of quiet scenes. Like I, I honestly, it didn't even bother me. It's like whatever, they're trying to deal with it. It's a funny joke or a funny <laughs> story to tell, <laughs> but like, I. So would I, you say the children were screaming? <laughs> I don't know where that's from. <laughs> Hook. Obviously. Um, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, so that was nuts. Uh, but Blackberry itself, I thought it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. I'm not keen on how it's filmed, like with the uh, shaking around yeah. so much. Uh, did you see it? No, but you can tell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of stuff. But I'm wondering, now that I'm thinking about it, if it settles down later on, 
and maybe that was like a choice but i do love all the 90s southern ontario <laughs> references like and just like how things looked and whatever and like the guys listening to sports radio and the Leafs have just lost again and it's just like yeah this is perfect <laughs> this is exactly what living in southern Ontario is and just certain things uh and the dynamics in the company and whatnot uh and yeah I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed the uh main characters and I liked the way uh is it jim bossilly i have no idea whatever bossilly uh the bald guy it just his there's tons of him screaming and yelling at people and it's just uh not that it reminds me of my brother but just that my brother would love it i told him that he has to go see it just like <laughs> His one of my brother's lines to me, and I just love it. Congratulations on doing what's expected of you, <laughs> and just like putting people down, <laughs> like, and just like, yeah, ball silly. And this is just like screaming at these people, just like to work, and like they're all a bunch of weird nerds and stuff, and it, that's fun too. Like all the old. Like, they're doing a landline, I think, Age of Empires battles and stuff. Yeah. It's just, like, pretty nostalgic and amusing. And then also just the, uh, I like, yeah, just how it ends. The book ended pretty well as well. So, good little Canadian film out there in this yeah, in the same wor- world as Air and uh, Facebook One. Social Network. Social, social Network, yeah. Um, I watched Air. Uh, I know you talked about it for last month. Um, it's on Amazon Prime now. Uh, did you notice when you saw it, uh, when I was... When I watched it on Amazon Prime, it said it was Prime, like Amazon Studios or something. Yeah. So was it actually, it was made by Amazon, but it went to theaters. Maybe just, I know there's some rules about like uh, award season. If it has to have be like, even if it's made for streaming, if it's in a limited release or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's why, but it seemed like it showed up pretty quickly, so... I did watch it. Um, I thought it was good. It didn't... I don't know. It was uh, comparable. I know I'm not the first one to say it, but um, Tetris I also watched right. last month. And they're kind of the same sort of thing where it's... Not that it's low stakes, but it is like a smaller thing it's about getting a contract signed basically uh i thought tetris was more exciting this was much more simple uh i did watch it not in two sittings but i started it and then paused and came back later in the day 
Uh, so I don't know if that's maybe why, because it got split up. But um, yeah, it was. I thought it was good. It was like, oh yeah, this is a solid movie. But I don't know, didn't blow me away or anything. Uh, the soundtrack on this, yeah. it's out of control. <laughs> like it's not too obnoxious but still it's really pushing the like era and like so many needle drops and they're all good songs but it was bordering on suicide squad (laughs) (laughs) which that one's definitely worse where it's just like people like this song right and it's just like every minute there's a new song but i don't know that's this one it it was laying it on pretty thick. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, so I gave it a four. Which is what I gave Tetris, but I gave Tetris a four with a heart. <laughs> Talking about giving fours, I should ask if I remember. Like, I'll count it up in a little bit. But like, I'm just giving out fours, four and a halfs, and fives all over the places. I've, this month, I've been yeah. movies lately. I th- and I think it's a combination of enjoying them and then also seeking out things that are s- supposed to be good. So then it's yeah. like, oh, these are actually good. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I th- also feel like for me, giving out more four and a halfs um my i've i've noticed in my ratings i'm i'm too stingy with the four and a half like there's barely a difference between a four and a five and some things that i would normally give a four it's like no i really like that i'm going to go with the four and a half rather than it being like oh you almost were a five but i'm not going to give it to you like i i feel like that's why my four and a half are so low it's like no i got to I got to be more generous uh, with with those ones. So, yeah, I've I've noticed it's mo- mostly rewatches. I think when I'm doing that, but um, yeah, I've I've got a few fours in here too. So. The last ten movies I've watched, I either a four, a four and a half, or a five. So, and that's not even a conscious effort. There's a lot of new watches in there. Uh, but this is my lowest rated movie of the month. Also with Steve, we did a double bill fast X. So I've seen the last three fast and furious (laughs) movies. I think those are the only three ones I've seen. I think I've seen chunks of five, but I don't, the other thing is like, these are so unmemorable. So that it's like, I don't know if I've seen them or not. But I think I've s- seen parts of five. Uh, better than the last couple. The Fast X. I would say it's the out of the last three. Uh, I think this one's better. I feel like Chat GPT quote wrote this movie. Uh, feels like Sharknado with a budget. <laughs> And then this is my attempt at a review. 
It does not need to be this stupid or cheap looking to still embrace the campy insanity. I don't know why it has to be bad on purpose. I feel like they're not even trying. <laughs> like there's a world of like Mad Max is insane. Like it or not, it's an insane movie. Why can't we embrace just like it's Mad Max isn't realistic. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why? Like, there's a world of insanity that you can do and make a good movie. This is just like laughable. There's parts, specifically when a car's like going smashing and going down like uh, steps in Rome, and it looks like I'm playing Need for Speed from 2004 or something, and it's just like. This looks terrible. The acting is all terrible. The jokes aren't funny. What's his name is... Uh, Jason Momoa is the saving grace of the movie. He's unique, wacky, and whatever. He's trying to do something. But, like... It's just dumb and sucks. And they're, like... I don't know. It feels like one of those Bruce Willis movies that we're just we're yeah. just pumping stuff out and it's like technically this is an action scene but you don't feel anything right whereas like you can have just two people punching each other in a kitchen and it'd be far more visceral and amazing than this transporter trucks and cars flying and explosions happening and flying through buildings is like you know what I mean it doesn't why <laughs> like just bigger explosions and there's a specific scene that I was dying laughing how bad it looked uh, just uh, what's her name Brie Larson's in it with some other big buff dude and they're like it looks attack of the clones level <laughs> like green screen like there's these screens like I don't know if they're floating or just like sitting there and like every, the, the stuff they're, they're talking about is like the agency is blah 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 and how everyone there's so many characters it's just so bad but I would watch it with a group I would love to watch all these with a group by yourself, it's painful. And they're not good. They don't have to be this bad. That's why it's frustrating. There's no reason why it has to be this bad. Yeah. Looking can, forward to Transformers. Looking yeah, forward to Transformers. Transformers. <laughs> but honestly, with Transformers, as bad as I think most of them are, and like the shaky camera, and at least like, Transformers transforming, yeah, is like dumb Godzilla Kong fighting. You can fun. hold on to that that there's gonna be a robot that transforms into something else, <laughs> right? And it's just like that is more entertaining than seeing fake cars do fake tricks. Yeah, because like, yeah, like, obviously this is completely unreal, so you can accept it. 
yeah passive viewers it's like there's some sort of reality that this should be grounded in yeah like i it just, for some reason i think of the third pirates movie when it's like johnny depp swinging around and like they're in a tornado or a hurricane <laughs> and the ships are firing yeah. at each other it's like how ridiculous it is but it's like well at least it's something this is just like literally animating if a six-year-old like was playing with cars yeah. on like a city set and it's just like yeah and we'll just animate what he's done and then this happens and then this happens and it's just like give me a break give me a break it's bold in terms of jerking people around <laughs> and people behind us are so into it it was unbelievable like they're like <laughs> gasping at like reveals i love that stuff. it's like and and that's him and oh he's still alive and it's just like and i'm holding on to steve's arm like these people know what's going on like, <laughs> it's so, like i know it knows what it is but that doesn't mean like craft dinner is awesome but it's still no turkey dinner <laughs> No Olive Garden. No, it's, it's, no, it's no Boston pizza. <laughs> a fancy Boston pizza there. Uh, okay. I. Uh, this is. Well, I could tell you my lowest rated one because it's also recent. Um, technically, this was June, but. Uh, we saw The Little Mermaid oh 2023. Um, you're, you're, I didn't, you're a civil servant watching yeah. this so others don't have I, to. I went by myself. <laughs> no, I went with my wife and child who loved it. Um, luckily, <laughs> I talked some sense into Brenda and she was, she was originally saying she thought it was like a four i gave it a two and kind of gave my Ten reasoning tension in the old coats yeah i brought her down to a three and a half i saw she logged after my rants uh so it's been about a week since we watched it but um my main thing was i mean with most of these live action remakes they're not necessary and this is maybe one of the most, um, like egregious. Well, not egregious, but like it's it's so clear that it is not necessary because it's like if you're too much one way or the other, then no one's gonna like it, and it's it's too much like the original that it's drawing attention to how much worse it is than the original at least with some of the other ones they're trying something new they're adding things and uh like beauty and the beast i i know you don't want to see it you think it looks ugly but it's like at least they are trying to make it different and not just trying to copy it because when you copy it it's obviously not going to be the exact same because people are going to say well then why did you why bother because it's just the exact same little mermaid it's i don't know like 
it's like it's the exact same but some things are a little updated um at first i was i was it started on a bad foot because it did not start on mysterious fathoms below but don't lose heart it is in the movie it comes in later when she goes to the surface uh and they're partying for his birthday and they're singing it then and it's even got the great music of the like that whole thing uh so that lightened uh that warmed my heart a little bit but i don't know just some of the live actionness of it uh flounder is soulless and uh sebastian sounds like mario van peebles in jurassic or not not jurassic uh jaws the revenge <laughs> i don't know if you know that reference but he's like i guess you would call it a jamaican accent but like it's it's his voice that's what it sounds like to me where he's like ariel like it's just like not yeah. a good like it's a really high-pitched almost like it's i don't know it was it took me out and it's like the other one is a cartoon so things are cartoony and then when you just convert it into live action and people are delivering it but like not as a cartoon it doesn't work so like that's what i'm saying update your script don't just say the same lines it's like right. the original sebastian being like somebody got a nail up into the floor like and it, it's like very like cartoony yeah. and then in this is like the same line but it's like the way you've delivered that it's like was that a joke or like you're just stating a fact or like whatever it just things do not play the same yeah. even though they're uh delivered or not even delivered but just presented in the same way i think the flow of it is not good um and it's long it's over two hours God not knows. a lot extra <laughs> and you would think that you'd have that much more time to develop characters and relationships and it's like the one area where they do do that is um the ride into town you get a little bit more of development between ariel and eric but like really not that you need it but they do do that and i'll say that that's a good job but it's like her relationship with triton is worse i think that they could have developed that more but somehow it's less than what the cartoon is um even the world building <clears throat> it's like the the original you they're having the concert you're seeing all the people gathering like they're you're seeing the castle and like everything lighting up at the beginning I swear you don't see like more than two other mer people that are not in this direct family until the very end like or maybe you do swimming around but like barely like it's like I don't know build the world of this like mer culture like do something like it's just right it's... because in the f original that is one thing that you kind of don't get the sense of the palace. Yeah. Co compared to like Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast, where it's like, you, like you're barely in the 
yeah. ocean palace where it's like yeah expand that yeah and even the sets it's like i have a better understanding of the palace that you barely see in the cartoon than this it feels like everything's really tight and like you don't get to see all this stuff and like the performances i don't think are bad like even um what's her name uh melissa mccarthy as ursula wasn't as bad as i was expecting it's, it's just well it's you're still trying to emulate the original and you're just not that but uh the effects of her tentacles are cool because they're bioluminescent so it's like okay there's something there but really it's just like okay you're yeah you're trying to copy it and you failed <laughs> like just like everything that it was doing it's like i know this scene and you're just making me like the other one more and that's where i need to rewatch some of these disney ones because like i was saying like about the four and a halfs and stuff i i think for disney especially i don't know what i was why i'm being so stingy with my ratings because i know when we did these 90s ones they were maybe all fours but it's like yeah it made me appreciate the original that much more um and then there are a few new songs which all were terrible i i've heard clips of the seagull one yeah uh i <laughs> i didn't put it in my review but i commented on my review on letterboxd that it was a two and a half until scuttle started rapping <laughs> and then i dropped it to a two because i was like yeah no this sucks oh and then also even if i hadn't done that i would have had to by principle based on the ending because the ending is truly terrible like Give it to me you know you know the original we're on the boat waving everyone's happy it's a wedding this one i get it it's more realistic they're not married right away but uh they're in a little rowboat triton gives his blessing and then pushes them off to meet a larger ship so he's got his like water magic or whatever so he gives it a little push and it's like they're almost riding a wave bringing their little rowboat out to this bigger ship and then the final shot of the movie is the two of them in this boat going left to right barely seeing them they're almost silhouettes not a wave not a smile and that is it it's like that's what you ended your movie on is just them <laughs> riding this magical wave in a, a tiny not a kiss not a wave and even the like do they kiss uh yeah they do kiss um but not then but uh even leading up to that um it's like you know, the whole thing of like how much i'm going to miss her and then letting her transform again it's like the next day or something that he decides that like it's like oh we've we've defeated the sea witch which happens almost exactly like the movie and again it's like i don't know why this isn't updated or something actually maybe the one thing that is different is i think ariel steers the ship when eric does it no and you couldn't have him be the hero no um so uh, yeah other than that and it's like okay <laughs> whatever uh 
but then yeah it's like oh and then now we're going back to our lives and it's like a little fake out because then it's like oh now she's back and it's like why why are we wasting time on this like what is going on because it's like eric's sitting around all depressed and then they have to do this thing where he's playing fetch with max and then max doesn't come back and it's like where are you and then she's there and it's like you're really wasting my time with this crap like just get to it we know it's happening like <laughs> it's just uh there's it's just these things of like why is this what you felt you you needed to add and then other little things where it's like it could have been good world building is um eric is uh he he's like a a shipwrecked child like he's not even a true prince he was just like a found child on this island and his mother and father found him after a shipwreck so his mother's black (laughs) somehow palpatine survived (laughs) yeah somehow eric survived and then yeah so i kind of get it because it's like well they've said it in the caribbean and that's maybe why so that we can still have white eric (laughs) and that's how they explain it like that's the only reason i could see why this is but then there's a whole thing with his mother being like oh the the sea gods are angry and we, we can't get along with the sea and like i don't know there's just some weird thing with sea gods and then at the end it's like oh i've decided that uh our world should come together and you're the ones to do it. It's like, thanks mom. Like it's, it's the stupidest, most obvious thing and doesn't need to be there. Uh, uh, yeah, I could have given it a more favorable review if it hadn't had some of the the stuff. Cause like overall it's fine. It's like, it's not complete garbage. Like it's, fairly well executed other than the fact that like if the 1989 cartoon everything in it is a bullseye and this is aiming for that bullseye you're off a few inches every which way you're shooting it's like you're never once hitting a bullseye uh so i would add to that they're not trying to hit bullseyes i guess i think i but i think they're here well big picture stuff c.s lewis i think has a quote or gk chesterton or something and they're talking about like uh before you take down a fence you should consider why was that fence put up in the first place if you're ever right buying property and like he's talking of like old english countrysides and it's like that principle for life about like rules or whatever it's like it applies to this as well. There is a reason why the original movie and all the other movies were made in a certain way. And just to do it differently for the sake of we're going to be different. And it's like, well, yeah, that defeats it because it wasn't just like, I know it's a small thing. Well, no, it's not a small thing. But the fact that like we need Ariel to kill Ursula instead of the traditional man hero role yeah of like prince phillips kills the dragon yeah aladdin stabs the thing and it is a hundred percent a woke decision where it's like we can't have prince eric do it 
because girl power. And it's like, no, there was a purpose. Yeah. Like they didn't just guess to do Eric last time. And it was a 50, 50 thing. Well, it's going to be Eric or Ariel. It's like, no, it's better that the prince saved the princess. That's traditional storytelling and it's better. And just like, just that alone, you just like, you're handcuffing yourself because you've just decided we cannot do it this way. It's like, okay, fine. Your movie sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of more and more things that were worse. Uh, I think we got to put scuttlebutt into this. Oh, yeah. And even that, because... Like, I don't I even put... mind her as Scuttle, other than that part. It was like, sure, whatever. It's not as good, but it's fine. Like, But even that, for me, like... I could, when I first heard it, it's like, yes, this is absolutely cringe and horrible to listen to. But then it's like, well, that is kind of the point. Like, Scuttle in the original can't sing. And that's a joke. But then to prolong it. Because, like, it's literally, like, a joke for two seconds in the first one. And they shut him up because no one wants to hear that. (laughs) And to extend it now, it's like... It's just a weird decision. Yeah. And <laughs> talking about when he is singing. So Kiss the Girl and it's amazing. Under the <laughs> Sea both fail in what they're doing because in the original, again, it's a cartoon and you have all these dancing fish and birds and things that are part of the production. Right. And in this... Under the sea, you do have some like jellyfish and maybe some other kinds of fish that end up making shapes in the water and stuff. But it is nowhere near what that song demands. Especially the fact that the lyrics are literally listing off (laughs) like the blackfish you sing, the the bass, (laughs) play the bass, like all that stuff. It's There's nothing of that. It's like he's singing it and they're just that's it like you don't actually see those things happening so it's like erroneous sebastian your your defense of staying under the sea is all false you're making this crap up show it to us like if i had elon musk money i would remake something just to like just to like demonstrate how bad things are Let's translate some classic live action movie into a Disney feature animation and like try to do it reverse yeah. and see how terrible it'll be. Let's let's do the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan and let's animate it and make it all like Disney animation. And like we'll just do some like very colorful stuff and like how terrible of an idea that is, right? Yeah. And it's just like, I heard about that uh, somewhere else that someone was mentioning, like he's naming all the fish and yeah. you're literally just seeing just Him other singing crap. and yeah, other things happening. <laughs> and then, yeah, Kiss the Girl. I don't think there's any other backup singers. It's just Sebastian, Flounder, and Scuttle. And 
it's like that song when it's That's... like winds words oh. like that whole thing like <laughs> they do that but then it's like but then the, those things don't continue on it's like they're doing things in the environment but it's like give me birds rapping on turtle stomachs like come on like no and like and that song in the original is one of my favorites like the fact that like it starts slow and then at yeah. the end it's just going crazy yeah and like yeah that if I gave that a four, that movie, I was insane for doing so because everything in this, this is, is like this, this should is, be this, a five. This movie is not just double as good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you go with my obsessive percentages, yeah. so uh, yeah, that's. I'm sure more things will come to mind that maybe it should be lower, but it's really like I'm trying to be fair and saying like yes you are a movie you have a beginning a middle and end i don't i don't mind any of the performances uh except for maybe the 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 three uh that i mentioned the animals uh i heard that she was good well ariel is good i don't yeah i don't think she's bad but i also don't think she's doing anything more and also it's probably i i kind of contribute more to the script it's like i i don't believe she's like as defiant as jody benson's like i don't get that and maybe maybe it's direction maybe it's something but it's like between her and javier bardem i'm i'm not getting the same tension even though it has almost the exact same scenes well i don't know it's... I believe it. If I saying uh, part of your world, no one's that's not moving anyone's needle. No one's getting emotional if I sing it, yeah. and it's the exact same words. And, and yeah, it's, it's like yours. Like... She does. She has a good singing voice. She's delivering it. But again, our just direction and tone and feel. It's like I don't feel the same thing watching this. Maybe other girls will. other girls other than me but (laughs) other just i have not seen it but i've watched all the trailers and stuff i am interested in all this kind of stuff though but just little things like people complain about uh uh, zach snyder's desaturated look and i kind of agree i prefer more colorful stuff usually uh, in certain contexts, but like, and the just the two Justice League movies are a good contrast. But like, why does everything have to look like crap? Like even her hair, I'm glad that it's red, <laughs> but like, why does it have to be like barely red? Like, why can't we like what the, we were talking about like Crusher's hair and like Jessica Chastain's like people with red hair it's like that's ariel let's embrace it and like lean into how crazy red it would be yeah and like have fun with it that is for sure a complaint uh practically brown it's like brownish orange which would be fine except for the fact that they even draw attention to it when ursula calls her red like how people will say that to a redhead right. and the, right. like a pet name kind of thing. It's like she just casually calls her red. And it's like, 
which her hair is barely orange like <laughs> uh like but like what what is that directorial decision yeah why? it's like why it's this like is well, a kid's, i guess like, black why? people don't have red red hair so you know what make black it people don't it's have like, fins yeah not exactly. mermaids. it's like the whole I, you mentioned something about something like uh that they get engaged or they're not yeah, getting married they don't get realistic. married and yeah. it's like it's a fairy tale it's not realistic that's the point like that yeah. is part of the thing is like they're 16 years old and they're getting yeah. married like also happy, happily ever after yeah. is the thing it makes me appreciate uh guy Ritchie's aladdin a bit more because that one actually does end with them a being wedding. married i think nice. it's a wedding which I don't think it's happening anymore. Uh, from what I've heard, they were they did say they were doing a sequel, and my complaint was, well, if they've already had the wedding, then they can't do King of Thieves, and everything's ruined. <laughs> that I think that King would of be Thieves awesome. would be a good movie <laughs> because uh, that's even like less like they have the uh, conclusion in King of Thieves. But like leading up to it, it's almost like quote realistic, and then you could have the big climax of like the yeah. turtle and stuff. Yeah, that movie rocks. <laughs> <laughs> we should do uh, we should do Return of Jafar and that yeah. double feature because I haven't watched Return of Jafar in a long time, and I did watch a lot in this month with the kids. Yeah, I I'll I would be up for that. I do want to rewatch the first one as well uh but yeah talking live action i think that's one of the better ones it's it benefits from being more different but it's the it's the same story and that's the thing it's like you can have it be the same story but present it in a different way and i think that's the way to go it's it's not perfect but it's enjoyable and the new songs in that i don't know how many there are there's one for jasmine that i can think of i don't know if there's more than that but uh it's good like these ones little mermaid they all suck there's three that i can think of one is like uh eric when he's just kind of out for a walk and it's like this is terrible please stop and then the other one go ahead sorry uh the other one is ariel and it's like in her head because she can't talk and it's like her experiencing the the upper world or whatever for the first time and it's like i could have wrote this in fact i wouldn't have wrote this because it's so bad that i would have scrapped it at a certain point and not gone through with what they came up with because it's not good at all that's i love that <laughs> measuring stick <laughs> Like, and you know you could do it. I know I, I know I could, and if I did it, I would know it wouldn't be worthy of being in a movie. Right. Like how, let, I, let I alone it, a but. tribute a movie to a classic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't. I, I won't say? say anything more about it. I I'm sure more will come to me, but I am. I have not really. So I've seen. The Jungle Book, and then I've also seen like 101 Dalmatians, but that's before this era. Yeah, of, and then I've also seen Cinderella, which kind of is 
in this era starting it off. Those are the best ones, I would say. <laughs> the ones you just listed, I let me just bring it up. I know I've made a list of these. Uh, I've not I've... seen any of the four that I love. The four big 90s, Little Mermaid, Lion King, Aladdin, I've Little Mermaid. Okay, so I've seen 10 that I've ranked. Jungle Book number one, Cinderella number two. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Mulan number three is a bit controversial because a lot of people don't like it, but I think that is one that it does get different enough that it feels worth it. Okay, then Aladdin, then 101 Dalmatians. And then bottom five, it's like, it's a big drop from <laughs> Glenn Close, 101 Dalmatians. Fight to the bottom. Beauty and the Beast, then Little Mermaid, then Lion King. Like, they get more and more soulless as they go. Lady and the Tramp, Pinocchio. Oh, I forgot like those, about those. Uh, but yeah, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Lion King. The fact that, like, those are, like, the big four royalty and only Aladdin <laughs> Aladdin I gave a three and everything else is two and a half or less that's not great no. <laughs> like, <laughs> especially from you because I do feel like I, I, you, I'm, you are I'm purposely trying to well not even that you're purposely trying not to be a jerk and just yeah. write them off where I on the other hand I see half stars in my future. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. Definitely. Uh, my two for little mermaid. I'm feeling like that's more and more generous, but that was my gut reaction. Like I said, I was hovering around the two and a half. Cause it's like, yes, this is a movie and I'm trying to distance myself from the original. It should be judged on its own merits, but the fact that the other one exists makes it worse. Poor Howard Ashman just yeah just butchering this stuff um it it is that uh remember that south park thing and it's the uh george lucas and spielberg raping (laughs) indiana jones on a pinball machine I don't <laughs> and that, and that's like some reference to a Jodie Foster movie where Uh-oh. I think she gets attacked is that the uh, accused or something yeah something like that but this seems like that type of thing <laughs> to these original Disney um, second golden era I just looked it up and this story only strengthens my opinion of what I already thought of this guy. Songs. Alan Menken, Howard Ashman. Obviously, they're the originals. I'm sure Alan Menken, he was still the composer on this one. But the third name added specifically for this one. I know. Yeah. Lynn manuel Miranda. <laughs> you peaked, buddy. <laughs> Give it up. Oh. You, like Hamilton... And then, which I haven't even seen, I still haven't watched that, but everyone loves it. And then Moana, I think, is actually great. Everyone talks highly of Encanto, but it's like it is not that good. It's and not. It, it's not as good musically as Moana. Yeah. And then there was that movie Vivo. I saw that was his, and it's like this is terrible. And then Little Mermaid. It's like now that I see that, yeah, 
I understand scuttlebutt where that came from. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. And the other ones, it's like, he should be embarrassed by those songs. Because I'm sure, yeah, it was all him. <sighs> all right. Well, I feel like that was a big one. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't save that because it was more recent, but uh, I skipped over a couple to get to it. Uh, no, for sure. It's trash and should be treated like trash. Uh, I'll just it's true. jump to, because we're going through a bunch of new things here. Uh, you're going to see it this weekend, but I did see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I rewatched Into the Spider Verse. I'm in prepare. the process of it. I watched the first half with Max, and then he went to bed, and then I watched the first half with commentary. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I think I might be overhyping it, but like, I was just very impressed. Nothing bugged me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, did you see my review? <laughs> uh, I, I was probably, but I don't remember what it is. I was, uh, I was on cloud, whatever the highest cloud is. Uh, nine. <laughs> uh, this might be an exaggeration now that I think of it because the first one might be better, but I don't know. I really enjoyed it easily the best superhero movie since Endgame. Hell, one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. And then this quote, it reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again. <laughs> James Earl Jones' <laughs> Field of Dreams. <laughs> and I just feel like, you know, it made me feel like this is on Top Gun level for me. Top Gun Maverick level. Where it's like, I don't think it's perfect, but it just made me like, I'm enjoying this so much. It's actually like something I feel for these animated characters, all this stuff. It's way, uh, and I specifically said the best superhero movie since Endgame to include like even the Batman and other stuff like I know I rag on recent Marvel but like I don't think there's I think these two Spider-Mans are my favorite since Endgame when did this the the other one maybe came out before Endgame like um, it's like five years yeah, old already. it's 2018 and Endgame was 2019 I think yeah so it came out just before. Yeah, I the first one, I did rewatch it, and it is good. I, I, I don't love it as much as everyone, but I recognize that it's well done, and the animation's really good and unique and creative, and the story is good. My main thing is, like, I don't love all the characters. Uh, See, I don't think then you'll love the new ones as much either oh well i don't know like it's i mainly uh the two like i like um i like miles enough 
I like Peter B. Parker is the best of the the main ones, but then like the secondary Spider People, like uh, I do like Nicolas Cage as Spider Man Noir, but Spider Ham and like the anime chick, it's like, eh, it wasn't really doing anything for me. I like Gwen. I like her. And yeah, Gwen, it's like she is fine. Like I, I don't dislike her. I don't love her. I, I feel like they don't really explain much about her. Like I kind of wish they went into more about like what is different about her. But uh, yeah, she just seems like female Spider-Man, which isn't really what that character is. So, uh, but yeah, I, it's really good. Like it's, it's well done. Like you can't deny that. So, I'm not giving it a five, but I'll give it the five, four and a half. I think I had it at a four. So I was, gave it that little bump. The rewatch. I don't really know what to expect for the, the next one. So you're raving about it. It's got very good reviews. Letter, it's, uh, I don't know what where this list is, but on Letterboxd, there's some list that's like the top 250 narrative uh films so it's like not documentaries or anything else and it hit number one which will change as people watch and rate it but uh the top ones were like come and see parasite maybe everything everywhere all at once uh usually like those really big prestigious movies like but still the fact that everything everywhere all, all at once is still up there it's like I've still yeah. yet to meet anyone that would give that a five. So, like, I know a lot of people think that, but it's like, I don't know. No one I know loves it that much. Um, yeah. No, so. I, I, I don't know. I just, the first one I didn't know what to expect, and this one, like, just the animation. And, oh, yeah, I don't know if they're directing or just writing or producing or whatever, but Lord and Miller, both of them, are part of this one where only one of them was part of the yeah person. i noticed and that the humor i do like it it they are like the the jokes are just coming fast at you and i don't even know a lot of spider-man stuff at all i think spider-man is rising because of this these two movies in my superhero favored <laughs> guys I don't know Spider-Man would be up there and like th- this just I feel like it's just from the 90s cartoon and stuff like I feel like Spider-Man as a character works in this multiverse craziness yeah somehow better than other characters do well and even how how they've done this one compared to other things other multiverse movies especially recently with marvel how they're doing that it's like i get that there were only three movies three other series uh that they could pull from like that was kind of cool that they brought in those actors right but those are just they are (laughs) talking about little mermaid being slightly different it's like they aren't that different especially when you pull them into the same world it's like at least with these spider-verse ones it's like they are all very different other than like 
the original Peter Parker and his universe being bl- like a blonde version of Peter B. Parker and like right. how his relationship with Mary Jane, like those are like the only two differences that seem to be in, yeah. in their universes. But like, that's good that you have those that they're almost the same. And then you have these other ones that are completely different. Yeah. And the but, animation that, yeah way you're you can you just can more easily just yeah. do insane things oh for, for a quick punchline too right like where it's just like the uh no way home where it's like you're kind of handcuffed into certain things where this is like oh we want like there's tons of five second jokes and it's just like, yeah. yeah, we'll throw this other type of Spider-Man in and just make a joke. And it's like, okay. And you just move on. It's just crazy. Um, that just reminded me of something else I watched, even though I have it in front of me on a, on a list. I had never heard of this until I saw this DVD on the shelf. Turtles Forever. This is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles multiverse movie from 2009. Long before any of these other things, uh, superhero-wise. Like, obviously, there there were other things, like, <laughs> Jet Least the One was, like, what, like, 2001 or something? Uh, I'm nobody's bitch! He started it all. Yeah, he's truly uh, a visionary. Uh, But Turtles Forever, it takes place... uh, It's the the early aughts Ninja Turtles. I don't know if you ever watched that version. I love that one. Uh, It was different and it was updated for the times. It was still funny, but like still kind of taking itself seriously. Um, so it starts with those turtles and then somehow the, uh, 1980s turtles come into their dimension and I don't know if it's all, I I don't think it's all the same voices, but it's pretty close. Uh, but they're acting like the original 80s cartoons so like everything is a joke and it's funny because like the 2000s Michelangelo's like I love these guys these guys are hilarious but then eventually they're like really starting to grate on him and it's like shut up like but it's so good like I cannot believe especially the third act sometimes it's like okay you've got your you got your idea and it kind of fizzles out Basically, it's like three episodes, uh, and that's your first, middle, or first, second, third acts. I don't know that it actually was a show. I think it it was made as a movie, but it feels like that, just the way that the chunks are. But it goes way beyond what I expected. Uh, I thought it was just, um, just going to be those two, but then it starts to get into the whole multiverse thing and you see pictures from other things including like different cartoons or comics or movies so you even see like a flash of the live action movie uh the cg movie 
which right. I guess had come out before this already. I guess that makes sense. Uh, and th- it's showing all these different universes. And then um, there's there's two shredders. There's the shredders from the two different times, and um, the more evil shredder. I guess the two thousands one. He's like actually scary and competent. But then like they're poking fun at the eighties one. How it's like they can't do anything and they're they're these stupid plans and like him and krang are just like bumbling idiots uh but um he needs to get to the turtles prime and kill them and then all other turtles will cease to exist and since it's not available streaming and i don't know if anyone's going to get their hands on this to actually see it but turtles prime is the original comic so it goes to a black and white world and it's the original uh eastman and laird drawings and it is awesome because it gets to those and they're super serious no joking and they're just like badasses so that's where it goes and like sorry to spoil it but that is awesome like once it, it it ramps to that and i'm like okay i did not expect this this is incredible and uh yeah it kind of blew me away and it's from 2009 before all these other ones um it still kind of feels like the tv show so it's it, it's not that cinematic but i do enjoy it so um I gave it a four and a heart. Cool. Uh, that does sound interesting. Uh, how many more do you have? Um, I've got a few. Uh, I kind of went out of order, so... I've still got another like seven. I don't have to talk about one of them, I guess. But uh, we can keep going here. Uh, I s- watched. I don't even know which one I should talk about here. Uh, Police Story Three. Colon, Super Cop. Yes. Have you you know about this? Uh, meet the cop that can't be stopped. <laughs> Apparently, but I just love the titles because there's so police story three colon super cop, but then there's a super but then cop it's just two. known as super cop. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> so that but I just love that like there's a fifth movie, no a fourth movie, but it's actually just called super cop two. it's a sequel to the third one <laughs> it's a sequel to the third one uh with so the only reason a, i say the tagline is that's from uh hot fuzz he's okay. reading the dvd it's like super cop meet the cop that can't be stopped <laughs> uh i've seen i own police story one and two but i've only watched the first one but then uh police story three was on Criterion, but it was leaving at, uh, at the end of May, so I had to check it out. Uh, and I, I just risked that I would be able to follow those plots. Uh, 
So, but it's Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh. And she is awesome in this. Like, I know I saw Crouching Tiger and stuff, but, like, this seems even, like, because Crouching Tiger is so wire work and all this other stuff. Like, it's still uh, physically demanding, but this just feels more grounded in a Jackie Chan way. Where, like, yeah, he does a lot of the own stuff, and I know it takes a thousand takes, but they do do it eventually, type of thing. <laughs> like, I was watching highlights just on YouTube of other fights. I've, I've actually bought Rum, uh, Rumble in the Bronx and First Strike. Uh, I gotta watch those because I just love, like, Jackie Chan's fighting style of like using objects around him and like have you seen his ladder fight in first strike uh i think so i know i've he's like in a yellow outfit but i just love that like jumping through the rungs on the ladder and like just awesome stuff like that but super cop was police story three super cop was a ton of fun uh, the action is great. I think it's a little long or like could be certain things could be cut down because it's just like so predictable and unnecessary. But I think Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh together are awesome. Uh, there's quite a bit of humor in it. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And like it's all subtitled so but it was a a ton of fun i'm forgetting all the jokes now but uh there's yeah i don't know i enjoyed it there's crazy action where like he's he himself jackie chan's like hanging from a helicopter (coughs) excuse me and they're flying around and like he's jumping off trains and stuff and like uh jumping off car out of cars and like you know in the credits where they show a lot of the outtakes yeah it's like no he's full-on just falling out of the car like i understand that they're not going crazy fast but still you're falling out of a car onto asphalt and like i think he uh hurt himself really bad with the one of the train stunts where he like separated or broke his shoulder and they kept it in the movie because like he had to like jump into jump onto like some thing that the train was going under and like that wasn't even like part of the script or something i was watching some youtube stuff like just to save himself (laughs) like it's a miracle the guy's not dead. Yeah. But I I love Jackie Chan. Have you seen uh, Rumble in the Bronx? Uh, I don't know. I, most of those, like that period, I know I caught parts on TV, yeah. and I don't know what they were. So, right. like, I don't yeah. think I would say I have, but uh, maybe parts. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was thinking of watching Shanghai Nights because I haven't watched that 
ever, and I love Shanghai Noon, but I did not. You should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, where do I want to go next? Um, I did watch your Where Eagles Dare. Oh yeah. Uh, I had started it one night and was really tired. I was like, I'm not going to finish this. I'm going to fall asleep. So I picked it up later. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, 1968. So it is a little slower than today's movies, but once they get, uh, once you get to that scene, I guess I should maybe kind of explain. It's uh, there's a mission. Uh, this British team uh, they're going to rescue um, an officer who their plane crashed into this, or not into, but um, near this castle uh, that is kind of up in the the mountains very hard to get to so this guy's been taken prisoner and they need to uh extract him before he's tortured and gives away any information and um they have one american with them who's played by clint eastwood i forget why he has something to do with the mission why why they need an american i know why i know why eventually i just don't know the explanation they give at the beginning but uh once they get in and then there's like this scene around a table and um richard burton who's kind of he's the main character he's the leader he starts to reveal and kind of talk about like what's going on and you don't really know what's what at that point still it's like what is happening like it was right. part of it could have been me stopping it after the first half hour or whatever it was that i watched um i was a little fuzzy on like who the whole team was uh there, but there is a bit of uh oh what's that movie i don't know but like confusion on who's betraying who yeah and like you don't know he starts going into things of like saying who certain people are and they're like no it's a lie and it's like i don't know is it a lie like (laughs) is it true like i I have no idea and and then it's there's a lot in that like i can't even spoil it because it's like some of it isn't true that he says some of it is and it's like he's just saying things to manipulate certain people so but anyways once it got to that scene like it's pretty slow till then and then it's like okay you really have my attention now and then there's the whole escape and that is all very good too so um yeah i thought it was really good um i have no real other experience with richard burton uh so i thought it was funny that uh I now see why in Scrooged there's the three homeless people that keep calling Bill Murray Dick or Mr. Burton. <laughs> it's like okay. watching this is like, you know what? I really do see Bill Murray in this guy. <laughs> like I get it now. 
Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen like the other things he's known for. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, 1984, Cleopatra. Those are the top three. Um, so anyways, I, I gave it a four. I thought it was quite well done. Um, yeah, and that's off of Nathan's top 100, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I watched Malcolm X. Hmm. Talk about... What's his full name? David Washington? I think it's John David Washington. John David Washington. Uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt Washington. So, Malcolm X... Uh, a Spike Lee film. Joint. Uh, <laughs> I specifically <laughs> said film. Uh, I don't think I've. I have. What's his? What's his other one? Do the that, right thing. Do the right thing. I think I have that, but I still haven't watched it. And I've seen Inside Man, but Inside Man's not. It's yeah, it's later. Yeah. For him, but. Uh, it's funny actually there's similar things with Denzel in this uh, so I, I watched it because Denzel and whatnot, and I really 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 enjoyed it it uh, it maybe be benefited from I watched it in like I think three different uh, sittings but it's an over uh it's over three hours long so it kind of works and where i stopped it but denzel washington is awesome as always like <laughs> he's just nailing it and i have seen a few interviews with uh malcolm x and it does seem like yeah he is actually nailing this character a few weird things spike lee is in it not like a huge role but like he keeps showing up like he's from malcolm x's old days and stuff and he keeps showing up throughout it and it's like i don't know if he was the best choice yeah to put yourself in there so i gave it four and a half because there's a few things like that and uh, uh where it's like mm, if if only you didn't do it this way, I think it would be a little bit stronger. But I will say, I don't know if this was on purpose, but the first part, and it's a pretty extended part of Malcolm X's life, where he's aimless and is dealing drugs hanging out with hookers all this stuff right and then it gets arrested whatever felt chaotic and i was not enjoying the film that much like it was fine but it was like what is this is this the whole movie gonna be like this and not that it's that wild but it's just different and i feel like the movie like calms down and is very watchable and enjoyable, more enjoyable for me at least, once he goes to prison 
and then that's when like his life changes and he becomes a Muslim and like straightens his life out and it's just like if that was a di directorial decision <laughs> Spike Lee because it's like yeah I didn't like the beginning when he's being a loser and when he straightens his life out, it's filmed, I feel, differently and nicer yeah. to look at and stuff. <laughs> and if it's like, if that's on purpose, maybe it's in my imagination, but it's like, well, you did a good job because that was awesome. Uh, and yeah, there's tons of people are in this movie. Uh, lots of famous black actors, but then a few other uh, minor roles for other people but they really focus on Malcolm X himself so like there's stock footage and like hints at Martin Luther King and stuff but they don't really dwell on him but it goes through his life I, I didn't look it up on the accuracy of the actual historical events but uh there's certain things that I knew were to be true and were in the movie. So that was interesting, but I'd be interested to look further into it. And I like that they really show him develop as a character because he's like on drugs, gets arrested, all this stuff, and then straightens his life out and then is very aggressive uh, but uh, saying like his way or the highway type thing, but then he kind of chills out a little bit and then is more accepting of other civil rights movements because before he was, he was never really advocating for violence, but he was definitely not the Martin Luther King Jr. position of like absolutely yeah. no violence. Uh, so it's all very interesting that I feel like the movie is not, it's definitely pro Malcolm X, but not pro like, Oh, he's perfect. And everything he did was perfect. Like it's, they were showing the, uh, bad sides as well. So it makes me like the movie even more when it's not just this like biopic garbage of just like, he's the best thing ever but yeah <coughs> sorry but Denzel's the man and it makes me sad actually because a lot of what Malcolm X was saying if people would just listen to him <laughs> I think he's right <laughs> on a lot of it not all of it but a lot yeah. of what he was saying it's like yeah he's like and he's proof of it of just like the system is could be against you and it certainly was but then it's like let's fix our own selves up first type of thing is one of his messages and it's like yeah like the white man's holding us down and no doubt they were but then it's like, but the white man's not fa making us knock up all these women and shoot each other. 
type of thing, right? So, like, it's, he has, I feel like his message is a great balance of, like, yeah, I need to exercise and stop eating McDonald's, but it, McDonald's isn't shoving it in my face either. I can't blame them. Yeah. So, so, yeah, excellent, uh, but not perfect, I don't think. But Denzel's perfect. <laughs> um, I did a, uh, not a double feature in one day, but back-to-back almost, um, to Michael Keaton works at a newspaper movies. Uh, the first one, one is The Paper from 1994. And then the other one, which I'm sure you know, is Spotlight uh, from 2015, which I had not seen. Academy Award winning Best Picture Spotlight. Um, the Paper is another one that I hadn't heard of until I came across it while thrifting DVDs. So I was like, I can't pass on this. It's not anywhere else. It's directed by Ron Howard. Stars Michael Keaton, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, Marissa Tomei, Randy Quaid, Jason Alexander, Catherine O'Hara. And it is... A day in the life at the newspaper. It is an exact 24 hours. You see, well, maybe not exact because you see kind of uh, an event happen the night before. Um, there's these two black teenagers that come across this uh, car that's all smashed up and has spray paint on it. It says, like, die whitey or something. And then there's two white businessmen who've been killed inside and then they run away because someone's coming and the the cops end up after them because they think it was them so that's the big news story of the day is the the bodies that were found but the paper that uh michael keaton works for they were printing something else and missed getting the, the headline on this and so the the day is uh, finding the next big story, and uh, obviously it has to do with this thing. So they're uh, investigating and chasing down leads and stuff. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it's not it's not like a, a straight up comedy, but there is a lot of humor in it. Um. It's got a pretty good balance of that, I think. And, uh, yeah, interesting. We were talking about Spider-Man before. We've got Michael Keaton and Marissa Tomei, both in uh, Homecoming. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's no multiplicity, but uh, it was scratching an itch. And uh, it primed me to to watch Spotlight, which um, I remember these Academy Awards 
and it being strange that like all these other movies were winning a ton of awards and spotlight wasn't really getting much and then out of nowhere it seems it's it got best picture but i kind of get it watching it now um how it could pull that off just because it does seem like it's important oh yeah that's what i watched that had stanley tucci in it (laughs) i knew i watched something recently with him um yeah just uh i forget what what the other things were that were nominated uh but it is a pretty big year like it's uh pretty pretty tough competition that it was up against but uh i thought it was really well done and it really wasn't until like the end that it really came together for me and brought it home um to to be a five-star movie um it's one of those uh, like just from the tone and the performances it starts as like well this is almost an automatic four if as long as it can keep this up and then slowly rises a little bit and then a little bit more um but just the way that it presents these characters real life people um especially michael keaton um there's like something kind of revealed towards the end where it's like he was responsible for something and he admits it was a mistake kind of also admits that it's like well I was doing my job and things come and go so like it's like I don't even remember doing it is kind of like what he says and it's like he takes ownership for it but it's like a completely understandable position at the same time and it's not blown into this like over melodramatic thing of like how could you how could you let this story go and it's like it doesn't become that it's like he he knows what he did was wrong but at the same time it's like how could i know it would be as big of a story as it became i don't know that really sold it for me but then also uh if anyone doesn't know it's about um this boston the boston globe uh doing this story about um the catholic church and basically the cover-ups of like priests who had like abused people and it seems like it's common knowledge now but at the time it's it was this big story and i guess because of how this went that's why it is common knowledge um but uh the very end I don't think there's ever been a slide that has like impacted me or like made me respond emotionally as this, where it's like, sometimes it'll just say like where people are now, but it's going into like, it says something like, um, how many, uh, people were involved in this, like how many priests and stuff like the numbers. And then, it goes to say like and these are the different locations um that they found this was going on and then like you kind of expect it just to say like a bunch of places but then it's like a literal full screen like barely any black it's all the white writing 
top to bottom, left to right of all these places. And then there's like at least two more full pages like that. And just the way that that was even presented, like it just like hits you. And I think the movie does a good job of like not um, exploiting victims, but presenting these cases of like, these are real people and like just thinking of children specifically and how how uh widespread this was like just seeing all the different places like it doesn't really matter what places they were but just the sheer volume i was like full-on weeping just at that site uh so yeah i think it it the movie did exactly what it set out to do and there wasn't any one performance that like oh wow they're they're really selling it it's like no just everyone is at the top of their game and being real people and not being like oscar bait is a word that's thrown around i feel like this isn't that where it's like oh so and so is really going for the academy award there it's like no just Everyone is great, but they don't stand out as being try hard or anything. Um, but yeah, uh, Michael Keaton, two very different performances, same sort of environment and a few decades apart, but he's the newspaper guy. Nice. I've only seen Spotlight once, but I would like to rewatch it it was excellent Mm -hmm. and it reminds me i saw a thing and this would not get a lot of uh publicity but jim caviezel from jesus and (laughs) count of monte cristo and other things uh is in a movie or producing or directing a movie about child sex trafficking and I it doesn't look honestly the trailer doesn't look that it's going to be amazing it does look but I think they're like saying like profits are going to be going to like to fight this kind of stuff and it's based on a true story maybe it is going to be good I'm not but like it looks just low budget is what I'm saying it, uh, so uh, but I 1000% support this <laughs> idea of trying to get the awareness out there and yeah it's spotlight thought made me think of it but like yeah there's a lot of insanely horrendous evil going on in the world so good for him and good for the good people at spotlight (laughs) yeah Uh, so other movies kind of on a similar dark topic I finally watched Seven. I just felt guilty never have seen Seven yet. I assume you've seen Seven. Yes. I liked it, but I think this is a case of 
it being overhyped for me where film junk and others have been raving about seven and i've seen uh zodiac which i did really enjoy so it'd be like yep yeah, okay i'll check this out i always was hesitant uh because i knew of some of the kills not that there's like not that this is a horror movie but like i just don't even like imagining that kind of stuff sometimes so just that the gruesomeness it like normal violence normal action violence whatever but thinking uh and usually with the type of movies i watch it's like good guys killing bad guys it's like yeah rah 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 but and that's I, yeah it just bugs me it's same in spotlight right where it's like you feel sick yeah you're thinking about this what is actually going on uh i enjoyed it quite a bit i just don't feel it lived up to the hype so maybe that's not fair maybe i misinterpreted the hype and whatever i think morgan freeman's awesome in it he's the best when he's calm and most movies he is calm and just the wise guy not the wise guy but the wise old man guy (laughs) and he takes off his glasses very slowly all the time i noticed but uh yeah i don't know it's good twists and turns can i spoil it seven's been out for over 25 years i feel yeah i don't know that you can spoil it i feel like it's most of it's out there so okay go my thing is (laughs) so the ending i just feel like come on the brotherhood of cops let's just let's just uh do a little paperwork and do a little move things around and we can get Brad Pitt out of this. And uh, yeah. Some, something went down and he had to shoot him. And it's like, yep, that's what I saw. Did you see anything, Joe? I didn't see anything. And it's like, I think well, we can And the fact this that up. they are out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And like, this other guy came and it's like, it wouldn't be... I am not anti-cop by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm not under the illusion that cops have not placed evidence down before (laughs) and have not been uh, corrupt and stuff. I've watched too many documentaries. Or, yeah, just turning a blind eye to other cop things. And this seems like a completely justifiable situation (laughs) where you would do that. It'd be like, if I was Morgan Freeman, it'd be like, what just happened? I don't know. Okay. Like, whatever, just... Yeah, make, and that's, it, that's part it of work. it, is that, like, he's so pure right. that he can't do that. Right. But I uh, even feel like that's, like, say, but... Okay. It's like, his, well, Brad, it's, it's Brad the whole Pitt's... thing of his line, like, it's like the, la- the closing line, and he says it earlier. The world is a good place, and it's worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I do think even if they take him back, arrest Brad Pitt, 
put him on trial. He's if he gets a jury trial, yeah, he's not doing hard time. Because well, I mean, it, that doesn't even matter at that no, point. No, I, I guess it doesn't. It's just yeah. That it's it's that it. the John Doe wins. Yeah, like in his own way, like. And I think it was brought up. I don't know. It was on some podcast recently. I heard them, uh, whoever was talking about how everything's already done. There's no yes. like stopping or like they're just discovering these killings like after the fact. And they really, yeah, they don't really do anything like he was going to get caught no matter what because he get, he turns himself in so it's kind of like the Batman the <laughs> uh, Robert Pattinson doesn't really do a whole lot in that movie <laughs> he doesn't solve anything that's not going to be solved on its own uh, maybe that's what I it's feel trying like to I be might trying have to, to rewatch that but yeah yeah I think I think seven's uh, a lot better than Batman yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> and that actually reminds me that Avatar is coming to Disney Plus yeah. on it's Friday. Like or tomorrow, Saturday. I think. Oh, I tomorrow. think I saw Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but it just makes me, for some reason, oh, the reason I thought of Avatar, the Batman, where it's like people criticize actually i got another one for you now that i'm all over the place but people criticize avatar for not having a cultural impact mm -hmm. and i think that's true the batman i feel is the same thing where it's yeah. like as much as people crap on batman versus superman like that batman versus superman has nowhere near the cultural impact as the christian bale ones do but i feel like even that one people make fun of at least yeah <laughs> where the batman no one's quoting it it no one memes it where's no all the memes remembers it <laughs> like, right yeah right? it's not and uh my third example would be and i saw this as a headline somewhere it's like the rock has no iconic movies like he was like gonna be the next action star or he is, he was and is. Yeah. But like he has no Terminator or Rambo. Yeah. And I think like, he's kind of missed the point where he can do anything like that. He's too overexposed. Maybe. Whereas I Arnold, think could... it's like he didn't. I, well, his first few major roles were giant hits. And then he coasted off that. Right. And then yeah. The Rock, it's like they're not they're big hits in that they do well financially, money, but it's yeah. not like memorable. What you're saying, San Andreas is not culturally important. Well, I haven't seen it. So <laughs> that means anything. <laughs> right. No. And I think it's an interesting discussion that I think he's just a cash cow, but he's yeah. not like, he doesn't make good movies. They're fine. But, like, they're not great movies, minimum. Like, where's a great... 
I think the rundown's great, but it's not. And Moana. Did you hear they're making a live action Moana? Is that with, for real? With him with... as <laughs> Maui. I, that is yes I believe that is real and that is stupid it's like you just make, made that movie how about they make a live action toy story get into the Pixar's <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that that's kind well, of interesting but I know it's also a joke but it's like could that work but they're also almost real anyways right they're so good. But yeah, it's just interesting that these super famous things don't yeah, have the gut punch that other things have. Like sitcoms don't reference them, I feel. It's not that I watch modern sitcoms, but um I was just looking at the uh nominees in twenty fifteen. And I'd like to read them out because I feel like some of these are definitely forgotten, but some have have some staying power. Are these and, for Best Picture? Yeah, but then I can go into other things that came out the same year. So Spotlight won, also nominated Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road, Room, The Big Short, The Martian, and The Revenant. And then other movies that came out... Steve Jobs um what was the other one uh Creed The Hateful Eight um and there was another one oh Ex Machina and Inside Out which one for best animated some pretty big movies in there. Oh, and Sicario. Sicario. 2015 is a great year. It's, oh, The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. Like, And these are just things that have been nominated for something. The beloved Disney live-action remake, Cinderella. <laughs> James Bond Spectre. <laughs> James Bond Spectre. Well, saying Spectre, I feel like no one knows what that means. Uh, and love it or hate it, Fifty Shades of Grey came out in 2015. I'm just saying, it's a big year. A lot of these, I think, are watched and rewatched and talked about. Um, it's crazy. We definitely have to do uh, the best years in cinema. Do like our top five years and just list a ton of movies from each one. Uh, you, I would love to. Uh, we should do more lists. Yes. And uh, yeah, what? Yeah, best years, and then also, yeah, I think we should pick a year and do like a deep dive into like, let's watch the top twenty grossing yeah. movies of. picking 19 whatever it has to be 19 <laughs> yeah uh, yeah what I would do is I'd look at what year I haven't seen a lot of 
and go yeah. from there. Let's pick something. 1981. That... Let's go. Uh, you just said no one knows what Spectre means. Do you have any idea what Spectre actually means in the James Bond universe? Well, it's I know a, that it's like an acronym. It's in, the originally. most convoluted, stupid acronym. I had to look it up because it's impossible to memorize. Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. <laughs> it doesn't even fit. It's like, yeah. The special is SP. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Stupid. I know that uh, that's kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D. in Marvel. Like It's not as bad in the MCU, but in the comics, it's something really, like, it's a real stretch. Uh, Almost like they made the name first or the yeah acronym. and then they tried yeah. to shove something in to fit it like strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division i'm pretty sure that's what they use in the the movies but in the comics it's something else you know why both those are bad shield inspector in real life nothing is that they're yeah. short. Yeah. UN, United Nations, CIA, FBI. Like, I feel like who? World Health. Like, everything is like maximum four letters. Right? Yeah. Like FEMA or something. <laughs> like, it's just. CRA, IRS. <laughs> this like, is yeah. insane. Uh, so it previously also stood for strategic hazard intervention espionage logistics directorate and originally supreme headquarters international espionage law enforcement division <laughs> it's just and, like just throwing yeah. words in there like. and you know what <laughs> imf that sounds like it could be something yeah the imf it's three letters you can't I think four is the maximum. Yeah. For sounding realistic. You can't go more than that. Yeah. It's funny because then this article goes into things like the man from Uncle, Spectre, uh, Hydra, I think was originally one. Marvel has a ton because their shield is the big one, but then there also is one called Sword. And yeah. I think... Uh, I think it's in like uh the joss whedon x-men comics where it's like they're going to sword and someone makes a comment it's like they love their acronyms <laughs> like <laughs> something like that that's pretty good uh did you go or did i go there uh i've i kind of double backed on the 2015 thing but you were talking about seven seven yeah so i will we're, we're getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, yeah. I will wrap it up with a, a couple here. Uh, another one just on Netflix. Brenda was going to go out to see another sequel, <laughs> but hadn't seen the original. Uh, she's going out with uh, our sister-in-law. So we watched Book Club 
on Netflix so she could watch Book Club 2 now in theaters. And Book Club was surprisingly enjoyable, kind of like uh, Murder Mystery. And it's a bunch of geriatric women, <laughs> older women who are in a book club, Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, Mary Steenbergen. Okay. Uh, and then the sequel, there's, they go on a trip to Italy or something. But this one in their book club, uh, Jane Fonda's the loose woman and she brings uh, 50 shades of gray for them to read and it gets them all hot and bothered and they're spicing up their lives and hilarity ensues it's uh there's some things that are kind of obvious but i thought there were a lot of times i was laughing out loud and um the guys that they all are involved with at some point or another are Craig T. Nelson, Andy Garcia, Don Johnson, and Richard Dreyfus. Um, and yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty pretty funny for something that's not targeted at me at all. Uh, I thought it still worked pretty well, so I gave it a, a three and a half there. Nice. Um. Did you have others? Because there's one more I feel like I have to mention. Have, the other, the other ones I don't here. have to. Okay, good. Just quickly, Puss in Boots I watched. Uh, whatever. I've, Pe- I've... People are talking about this movie. Like It's, it's good. It's the greatest animation f- like of all time or something. <laughs> well, the animation's fun. In that it looks different. It's like painted-y, kind of. So it's not just... Uh, you should just look it up. It's not just standard Pixar, yeah. DreamWorks-looking stuff. So that alone. But there's some good gags in there. It made me laugh. Uh, I watched the original Flight of the Phoenix. Had... Uh, what's his... Uh, Oh, uh, Richard Attenborough. Yeah, so that's interesting. And who's the other guy? Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Okay, yeah, yeah. Can I spoil one thing from uh, Puss in Boots? Sure. It's all this fairy tale stuff, right? And then the one of the bad guys has uh, gets a cricket out. And it's supposed to be like their take on Jiminy Cricket, but it has... Uh, Jimmy Stewart voice <laughs> and it's just like and he wants him to do some powers like I have no powers I'm just here to judge you <laughs> and like <laughs> it's all these kinds of jokes and it's like the guy's just so terrible and it's like oh it's really funny I enjoyed it uh, some other stuff but two important ones I'll just say high and low I finally watched everyone loves this movie apparently it was very good uh it's a Kurosawa movie but not a samurai Kurosawa movie I've only seen seven samurai 
and now this and maybe one other samurai one but it's a Japanese it's in the 50s or late 40s but I think in the 50s a Japanese businessman has his son kidnapped for ransom and then he's absolutely willing to pay and I'm going to tell you what this isn't the end of the movie. This is in the begin. This is in the first half an hour. Okay. It turns out that his chauffeur's son was actually kidnapped, and not his son. It was a mistake. So then he doesn't want to pay. Right, <laughs> because it's yeah. gonna, it's like it's going to destroy him financially. It's pretty much all his money, right? So it's very interesting, but then there's a whole scene on a train and an investigation for the kidnapper and all this other stuff and very, uh, what do you call it? Procedural and interesting and like deducing a lot of things and it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Uh, highly recommend I do want to rewatch him, uh, Seven Samurai. We he should do a good double feature with that, not Seven Samurai, whatever the other one was called. <laughs> High and low. Uh, is uh, Norm Macdonald screwed? <laughs> it's not at all the same, except that uh, a mistaken identity kidnapping kind of thing. Okay. where he uh to get back at his boss kidnaps her dog but then through wacky hijinks the dog escapes and then runs back home and then he's her chauffeur and then she finds the letter saying we got him pay us the ransom and she thinks that they're holding him ransom <laughs> <laughs> top 100 material I swear <laughs> it is so good <laughs> I would like to watch it I've been watching some Norm Macdonald highlights and I've been just crying laughing I love them uh, the high and low I feel like should be remade it could be a very good where did you watch this Cause I, I, I bought it I know but... it's on my watch list because I had heard stuff like just even the fact that it's uh, Kurosawa, but not Samurai. Yeah. Uh, no, I bought it, but it's sometimes on Criterion channel and stuff. I'm gonna... But watching all these, like this and Police Story and stuff, subtitles are annoying. I don't mind them. I will watch movies with them, but like heavy dialogue movies with subtitles, yeah. like <laughs> cop stuff, like like passion of the christ we'd never got into but like stuff like that where it's like there's not a ton so it's like fine <laughs> but when it's a ton it's kind of sucks because you're just reading the movie and not really watching people yeah uh but i do want to rewatch seven samurai we should do a triple bill seven samurai a bug's life uh, three amigos the magnificent seven three amigos and uh dallas howard what's her name 
Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard directs, I think it's in the first season of Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. It's essentially a Seven Samurai story. Yeah. Let's do a five (laughs) thing. (laughs) Uh, Watched American Gladiator documentary. I was desperately trying to find this. Nothing's telling me how to. And then I finally figured it out. You can watch it on TSN on the app. Uh, I think I paid for it for a month or something because I was watching golf. But uh, it was good. It's two parts. I think the first part is just the actual story of American Gladiator. And then the second stuff, it's like more of the aftermath and that kind of stuff is interesting as well. But I don't think it has to be as long as it is. Uh, like it's three hours put putting yeah. parts together. But whatever, it was a very easy watch, enjoyable watch. But uh, yeah, very nostalgic driven and fun. I wish I had known that there was an American Gladiator medieval times type thing in Orlando. We could have went at them when we were there back 20 years ago. That would have been amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. I have other things, but nothing pushing. Yeah, the only other thing... uh to mention right now i have is i finally watched tootsie starring dustin hoffman 1982 directed by sydney pollock this is one of those movies it's on the afi top or 100 movies 100 years for pride month uh i did it before june Oh, well, it doesn't count that. But you, na- you're a bigot. Now. Talking about years, uh, 1982. I don't know why I found this. I was probably looking at the awards again. This, Victor Victoria, and The World According to Garp, which is a uh, Robin Williams movie that has John Lithgow as a transgender person. All these came out in the same year. Tootsie and Victor Victoria are just man playing woman and woman playing man movies, which is just weird that they, that that's the same year. And that just happened to (laughs) come out and they were like highly regarded. Uh, there were Academy Awards being thrown around. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think it's like amazing. Um, it's good. I didn't think it was like, oh, this doesn't hold up at all. It It is still good, but yeah, it's not like this is some groundbreaking stuff. It's It's got its moments. Um, I was surprised to see Bill Murray is in this, and he's just kind of his roommate and isn't very on, but he's still funny, uh, just kind of being... I think he's like a playwright, so he's just kind of pretentious in in the, being a New York playwright. Um, but yeah, the whole cross-dressing thing, um, the story, it, 
it makes sense any any man could do this <laughs> make this uh progression where he's an actor slash acting coach uh his one friend slash student uh terry gar she's going out for a part she gets dismissed being told she's not right for the part um dabney coleman is the the director i think of this tv soap and then dustin hoffman to prove he's the greatest actor ever and put this guy in his place as well he dresses up as a woman and goes out for the part and then he gets told the same thing you're not what we're looking for and then he puts his foot down and uh because of his slash her uh chutzpah gets the job even though it's not what they're wanting and he becomes this feminist icon because he's constantly changing the script and being standing up for himself and it's one of those movies where it's like so (laughs) this like ideal woman who's standing up for herself is actually a man like aren't you like (laughs) isn't this like the opposite of what your message should be it's like women can't do it you gotta get a man to do it (laughs) like it's i don't know it seems backwards but it's like taking it at face value it's entertainment But, like, I don't know. I feel like people are missing that part of it where it's like, should people hate this movie? (laughs) Like, because of what it is. So, anyways, I think it kind of backfires on itself. But, uh, yeah, I I gave it a three and a half. It's it's fine. It's entertaining. Uh, And then, yeah, just... uh, watched it with brenda and then she kind of points out the ending like obviously it's revealed at some point toward the end where it's like oh he's not really a woman it's a it's a man and then the the girl that he's like uh in love with and they've been spending all this time together with him as a woman then she like slaps him and whatever storms off and then later it's just like all is forgiven it's like i don't know that that would happen i think that you it would take a long time to really accept that and also some talking through some things but it's just like oh we they meet on the street and it's just kind of like yeah you're all right <laughs> and it it's just one of those endings where it's like okay <laughs> Uh, I saw a clip somewhere and it was like it took me a while not but like I didn't know what it was but then it's like this ex-husband and wife talking and then it's just like it's like it took me a lot to dress like a a senior citizen uh, Scottish lady have you seen this? <laughs> no, but I'm but just like, laughing at the reference. <laughs> but like, it's like as if Mrs. Doubtfire was real. Yeah. And then like, but I tried really hard and I just wanted to see the kids. And she's like, no, you betrayed us. That, that Like, just like if this was real. Yeah. Like, and it's like, and it's like. But you know how much money I spent making all those fancy dinners <laughs> and all this stuff? It was pretty good. Yeah, I've also seen someone just commenting on like how 
those movies and that one specifically in the 90s it's just like you're supposed to be on his side but then it's like watching it now it's like Sally Field has every right to hate this man and yeah. like freak out even at the beginning when yeah. it's like it's like you let a donkey into the house for this birthday party yeah she can kick you out like you're being insane like yeah. Yeah. Just little things like that. Like Yeah. And then also like how did you ever marry this guy? Yeah. Like if anything, you would think he would have calmed down as you get older. Yeah. And it's like how he would have been like he is Robin Williams. Like uh but whatever. Yeah. Is that it? Did we make it under three hours? Yeah, just barely. I mean I I can save this other one because technically yesterday it's June fifth, I watched something, but Let's leave it for June. I don't need to get into it now. Uh, D-Day time. Yeah. Uh, Today is actually also uh, my anniversary. But we weren't doing anything. We're doing something tomorrow. So that's why I'm, it's okay that I'm recording. Uh, we had other things going on. So, But yeah, D-Day is today. Um, yeah, the only other thing... and I. I sent it to the the group. I watched something on Tubi called uh, Planet of Dinosaurs. Check it out on Letterboxd. The poster is insane. Uh, the Millennium Falcon is on it. There's two X-Wings and a Y-Wing. None of those things are in the movie. Uh, I was going to say there's barely any dinosaurs. Technically, there are dinosaurs, but... Uh, it's this movie from 77 and the stop motion is actually great the movie just is so boring it's just like this ship crash lands on this planet and they're walking around for an hour and a half no 84 minutes (laughs) it's 84 minutes and every now and then there's a there's a dinosaur but it takes a while to even get to one and uh that's that's it that's the movie uh that actually <laughs> reminds me of what i wanted to say before back on the little mermaid but the newer planet of the apes how they'll like say get your hands off me damn dirty ape or like yeah. have references but like it's someone else saying a line but in a completely different context yeah and it's just like well little mermaid and these disney ones like instead like do something creative and i feel like marvel even does some of that sometimes or i don't know but well like, yeah like it's just like do a twist on a line or like star wars like i have a bad feeling about this and then solo is like i have a really good feeling about this like it's at least something where it's yeah. like you're expecting well, Ursula yeah, or someone to do Little something. Mermaid is doing things almost scene for scene, and it can be done. But like what I was saying with my ratings, the Jungle Book does have some scenes, but it, the full structure is not the exact same. Um, but then you have things like Maleficent, that's completely different. And I think that works way better when you reimagine it rather than remake it. So um, I haven't seen like Cruella or I don't know what other examples of those there are. But uh, I don't I don't lump those in because those aren't 
what I would consider remakes, they're reimaginings. So, uh, but I know there's a few of those. So I'm sure eventually we'll get into that as a whole episode. I apologize if Little Mermaid became most of the episode, but uh, had to get it off now or else next month I'm not going to remember most of those things. Um, so thanks for listening. Now's your moment Floating in a blue lagoon Boy, you better do it soon No time will be better She don't say a word And she won't say a word Until you kiss the girl la don't be scared You got the mood prepared Go on and kiss the girl Sha-la-la-la-la-la, don't stop now Don't try to hide it out You wanna kiss the girl Sha-la-la-la-la-la, float along And listen to the song This is a misty girl Sha-la-la-la-la, the music play Do what the music say You gotta kiss the girl Kiss the girl Kiss the girl Kiss the girl